Hi guys, I'm Stephanie Beatriz. I'm Courtney Kosak. And we are best friends. And this is Reality Bites. A podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. Welcome to our very special election episode. Yay! Whoa. We hope that you're going to do one very important thing today. Vote. Also, it would be great if you pooped and ate a great breakfast, but vote is the most important. <laughs> you can't always help that, okay? Like, you can't just be like, poop. Yes, you can, actually. You can train yourself to poop every morning. Guys, you can do it. I've done it. If you get a squatty potty? Yeah, you can actually do No, you don't need a squatty potty, but you can, like, train your mind to, like, poop every morning. It is so mental. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. It's like if you get a job. Sorry, this is not the poop podcast. It's fine. <laughs> Fine. If you get a job where you're scared to poop at work, it will affect your bathroom schedule. I'm never scared to poop at work. I have been scared to poop at work, but... I mean, it's different when it's like a... Oh, okay. I have a bathroom that's mine. It's a dressing room. Yeah, that's, so, like, that's totally different. different. Yeah, no, I don't like to poop in a public bathroom if I can help No. It. That's why you gotta train yourself to poop at home before you go to oh work. Oh my god, I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> Here, let's I'm spill, not. Let's fill the rest of our tea. I'm not. Cheers. Very regular tea. Look, uh, <laughs> we have new mugs this week. Oh, sad mugs. They were a gift. Um, these are mugs are by Pizza Slime. You can find them on the internets. They're great. They're hilarious. Super let's apropos for this election <laughs> cycle. This election, because we have all been crying. Real and fake Drake tears. Also, is also, he dating Taylor Swift? What's going on, Internet? Tell us the we truth. We heard that. We heard that, and we were like... Amina and I were texting about it. Amina, who is on Call Your Girlfriend, uh, if you don't listen to that podcast, you should. I don't know what you're doing with your life. You need to reorganize your priorities. You can also find us on there. Steph oh, yeah. did a Call Your, Gr Call Your Girlfriend? Yeah, Call I did a, a Call Your Girlfriend episode once, and then we, we did, did their live show. But their podcast is just generally great, so take It's awesome listen. every week. Yeah. Um, so let's spill some tea. Did we already cheers? Let's cheers again. Cheers. Let's spill some tea for this week. You go first. Okay. Mm. So the main thing is <laughs> I learned a lot about myself this week because the guy that I'm dating, um, he went out of town. Not just like a little bit out of town. Like he, he went, went. He went to like far across the ocean he went to a country across the ocean where it was like a different time period different like time zone and like a whole thing and like we had to whatsapp messenger each other it was not oh, like yeah. a regular it wasn't like he was like it wasn't like a regular trip it was a cool trip <laughs> so like the whole time that he was gone i was like why isn't he like why isn't he writing me more like why isn't he like why isn't he like sending me more pictures why isn't he like why 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 and all my friends were like, you included, were like, it's fine. He's in Copenhagen. It's not, it's, he's send, He's like saying hello to you. It's not a problem. What is he, problem? he? I thought he was very engaged. He was. He was. The problem is with me. The problem is sometimes I, I don't feel, <laughs> you know, like when you do this to a cat or like when someone does this to you by telling you like, oh, you look so pretty. Oh, you did a great job or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, like so. What do you call that? Like, not like soothing. It's like soothing to oh, have yeah. someone say, like reassurance, basically. It's like totally. reassurance. If you like somebody and they text you, it's reassurance that they like you, right? If they don't text you, then you can sort of start spinning in a place of like, I don't know if they still like me. What are they doing? Are they like, 
are they having a better time without me? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, it must be because they don't like me. Right. It must be because... Right. Yeah. Which is, I think that, that everybody does that, right? Where they sort of start second-guessing, like, what the thing is and what they might have because they are not getting the amount of attention that they need or desire. Or like, he's not paying me enough attention, so I'm just, like, going to go get it from somewhere else and, like, start, you know, text messaging other people that I was dating or something. Which I think has always been a factor in relationships, but yeah. I think, like, because... 99% of the time you have a phone with you. And there's like an actual literal like dopamine thing that happens when your phone dings or when you see a message. You're like, oh, someone wants yeah. me. I need it. That is a, rea a real thing. And you sent me that New York Times article. About yeah. That. So like now, especially this kind of like spiral yeah, is like even more common. Yeah. And so what I figured out, well, what my therapist helped me figure out, thanks, Dr. Donna, um, was that that reassurance needs to start coming from myself. Meaning that like, if I am in an okay place, if I am looking around my life going like, this is great, I am so fun. I'm like, I'm having a great time. I'm mm -hmm. doing all the things that I wanna be doing. I'm painting, I'm playing ukulele, I'm like seeing friends, I'm taking dance classes, I'm shopping, which is one of my hobbies. Um, if I'm doing all those things, if I'm eating well and like cooking for myself, self-partnering is a yeah, self-partnering, self and and like and reassuring myself that I'm okay no matter what. Like if this mm -hmm. guy doesn't turn out to be the guy that like is the last relationship that I'm ever in, then that's okay because like I'm okay with myself. I'm fine. That's great. But it's very difficult to do. So that's what we're practicing right now. Is like. Self-reassurance, self-partnering sort of thing. And he did come back, and it was great. Yeah, and P.S., he was messaging me, like, a shit ton when he was away. This was dude was not ignoring her, no, not even a little bit. It was just my own, like, <laughs> and he got back, and he was like, let me. <laughs> very cute. Yeah, and I was trying to be, like, very authentic right when he got back. I was like, I really missed you. I'm super excited that you're back. And he was like, I missed you, too, which was nice. Oh. Which I wouldn't have done, I don't think, if I... Because there's also, the, there, there, you start doing this thing where you're like, well, if he's not messaging me. Self-protective. And saying that he misses me, then I'm not going to say that I miss him so that I, like, look cool and, like, I'm kind of up above the whole thing and, like, I'm not going to get hurt if, you know. Totally. But all that does is create an environment in which the other person feels like, oh, I guess she's, like, kind of pulling back and, like, I don't want to get hurt either, so I'm going to pull back. And it's just, like, that's how shit falls apart, even though two people might really like each other. Authenticity. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think about my tea. Oh. Oh, I have some more, but I'll save it for the end. You want to go? No, it's too good. I'll save it for the end. Too good. Okay. Um, I, so this was, this is interesting and kind of on topic is I got, I've been seeing someone and, uh, I got some like drunk texts that were like <laughs> in the I love you vicinity. <laughs> Which Ish. is not something that they have said to each other. Ish. Yet, we have at not all. said that. There were emojis involved. I uh, did not want to have that conversation via text. Like, it's not even like that's like out of the question as far as like that's where this is headed. Like, I feel strongly about him too, but like, that's not the, this is not how I want this to go down. Also feels very soon, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so... first time you said you loved each other? Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Terrible story. 
<laughs> so uh, I had been like kind of engaging with him uh, as his drunkenness was escalating a little bit, just like a, a few little back and forth. And I was like kind of just humored by the whole thing and just like, you're in rare form. <laughs> but then when that started happening, I was just like, oh my God, it's reasonable to assume I went to bed at this point. So let's just leave it at this. Um, but one, one positive point for this guy is, uh, I don't know if you can tell, but I've been sick and, um, had like a couple of really like gross, disgusting days. Um, and then he came, came over. I had to bail on some plans with Steph and just was just like totally, I couldn't even like get up and wash myself off when I knew that he was going to come over. <laughs> I was just like, not this... even like a tart wash, not even like no, scratch and pits. No, nothing. Wow. I was just like, no makeup. Just like, this is the real, real. I had like a frizzy bun happening with like, you know how I do with the side, whatever. Um, and he came over <laughs> and said, I was still not, whatever was very sweet about how I looked. They don't know whatever, what, 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 you gotta fill in the whatever. I will fill it in just with simply, (laughs) he was very sweet about how I looked and it was not cute. Yeah, because he likes you. Yeah, but um, also like kind of amazing how like someone doing a simple gesture like bringing you soup and flowers makes you feel Mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah. That's all the tea I got. Yeah, I'm glad that you're dating somebody like that because like well, I don't think the last couple guys that you no they've not I would on. be like sh- literally shocked if one of them came over and like brought me anything even Which if I was totally well so sad because like you're great and that and also not not like you should have somebody you know it's not like that it's like no we all should have we yeah. all deserve to have to be like cared for by our friends lovers, family, in a way that feels like, I care about you, I'm gonna go out of my way to do something for you. Makes you you feel like taken care of and important. Yeah, important and like cared for. Not like, you know, not like you have to like (laughs) buy me a purse and like a fucking mani-pedi every week. Not that kind of taken care of, but like. No, and more important taken care of, which is just like, I want you to feel good and healthy and when you're maybe not you can't do this things. for yourself right now, so I'm going to help you Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Last part of the tea. Do you remember, so just a quick recappy. There was this guy who had slid into my DMs who I'd worked with a long time ago, mm-hmm. and he was messaging me hardcore and was, like, very effusive, talking about making kombucha together and stuff, and, like, we hadn't been out yet, and then... I said I wanted to go out, he was keen on it. Then I also said I was dating other people and he was like, uh, I can't because you're dating other people and I just like need to be like someone's one and only. He texted me. Okay. He texted me. I told you that, right? Yeah, a few times, right? No, but then he did it again and was like, hey, I don't know what I did wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's find it, let's just find it. Like you ignored the fir- first few t- fl- flirtatious ones yeah, and then he texted you in a way. I knew he had a girlfriend because I had seen it on social media and I had called him out on it and I was like, hey, don't you have a girlfriend? And he was like, 
oh yeah, but she's my plan B. What is that even? Um, Watch the Dr. Donna episode. So then I sort of just like ignored his flirty texts because I was like, I don't, I don't need to engage with this person. We were never like that good of friends. The main relationship really happened over text. It's also when stuff gets so weird and like convoluted like that, it's like no need to like add fuel to the fire. Like just yeah. let it burn out. Casper the friendly ghost it. Yes. yes. But then he sent me one and was like, I just had to respond, which was like, he said something like, I'm gonna paraphrase. I don't know what I did to fuck us up not being friends, but I'd really like to know. And I was like, well, I'll read my shit word for verbatim. <laughs> no, all good. I just felt like you weren't forthcoming when you were texting me because it was so clear on social media that you had a girlfriend, but you didn't mention it to me. Not a big deal. Very happy for you. Just not into flirting under those circumstances. I was very clear. And he came back with this like long explanation. Oh, my God. He didn't. <laughs> and, I, and he was like, I'm really sorry if that all seemed unauthentic to you. And I was like, you had a girlfriend and you called her a plan B. I'm sure she would be really upset to hear that. I was like, remember when you did that? He was like, yeah, that was a really dick move. My bad. <laughs> Does I, he like, think that even though? I, I've been in a lot of therapy. And I'm like, no, I'm not making fun of therapy. I go to therapy. It's just like when you use therapy as an excuse for like why you're still behaving yeah. badly. It's like, that's not, you can't, you can't. And I said, it's okay. Again, real happy for you and truly happy that your relationship is going well and that you're in therapy and working on all this stuff. I love it so much. But also, yeah, his his whole response did seem like any excuse I can use to make myself seem like not such an oh asshole about this. It's just like, just own, like, I mean, I guess he was, he was owning that he was an asshole. It was just like, also like, why are you still messaging me? Is it because you actually literally want to be friends? Because the last two times you messaged me is because I posted a hot picture on Instagram. Yeah. So like. He's got a pattern. Ooh. I don't know, you guys. Just listen. Here's the thing. If you're looking for something constantly that's outside of the thing that you're in, maybe you don't really want to be in that thing anymore. And if you find yourself doing that on a repetitive basis with people that you're like, oh, but I, I do think that I'm into this person, maybe you need to do some hardcore, heavy lifting work on yourself. Mm. Because it sounds like this guy has, like, a pattern of doing that. Yeah, he did it to his ex all the time. Yeah. Which I also found out. <laughs> so, therapy. Glad everybody is in therapy. <laughs> if you're not in therapy and you need therapy, to be, get into there's, it. There's actually probably quite a few sources in your city or town that you don't know about. Um, if you're still in high school, you can go to your guidance counselor and ask them if they know of any places to go to therapy. Um, but a lot of cities have, like... You know, sliding, sliding scale. scale oh, if you're in LA, we'll repost. Sophia made a great like list that everyone contributed yeah. to. Our friend um, Sophia Alexandra, who is also on one of the episodes, is really smart, and she made this really great uh, resource list. But Google will help a lot if you if you are not in therapy and you want to go. There's definitely resources for you out there. Um, it helps. You, yeah, it helps, and it's helpful to talk to someone that's you know. Some people say like, well, why do I need therapy? I have friends. It's like. Well, sometimes your friends can't give you an unbiased sort of really helpful, uh, they can't see the forest for the trees. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes and sense. And they love you and like sometimes 
sometimes the therapist says some stuff to you that you're like, oh, snap, never thought of that before. And probably your friends have thought of it. They just love you too much to say it to your face. It's true. Uh, you in, guys. In other things that make us go, ugh. Uh, election. election. Um, I'm wearing this number wang shirt because it is uh, an absurd, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic uh, game show sketch from that Mitchell and Webb look. Have I ever showed you this? Oh. Oh my. That's number wang. It's ridiculous. It's like hilarious in like how bizarre and kind of what a tragic world that it exists in. And that Mitchell and Webb look is awesome. But anyway, I'm wearing it because that's... This election makes me feel that crazy. Oh. Um, and we have two awesome guests on there. Yeah. Are gonna, if you are for, for some godforsaken reason undecided at this point, why? What's going on? Come on. You're, not, you're not. not. But if you're uh, uninspired to go out to the polls today, we would like uh, to maybe try please, to change your mind. Please, please vote. Um, we have two really cool guests today. Two. Um, the first is Carrie Wade. She is a writer. She writes for Autostraddle. She has a bi-weekly column called... Uh, Queering Disability. That's right. Um, she's super smart and, uh, I don't know, she's just really smart and charming and wonderful. Um, and we talked to her about her love life and also how her identity as someone who's queer and disabled has... Um, and a lady. And a lady has a super feminist lady has sort of informed her decision-making process this election. And also, Andrew T. Andrew T, who's the host of, yo, is, is that it? racist? <laughs> um, is this racist, is that racist? Is Did this racist? Yo, uh, is this racist? It's on Earwolf. Uh, it's it, an awesome. It is what it sounds like, which is a podcast in which you can call in and ask whether or not something that you said or someone else did is racist. It's a great. It's just a great premise, and I we're we're really excited so stoked to, talk to, to have him, him on. Like why he started the podcast, his dating life as an Asian person, and sort of just like general race issues and how they've affected his his view on the election. So, welcome. Come back. Many treats in store for you. So come on back after the break. Bye. People think I don't like China. I love China. I sold an apartment for $55 million to a Chinese gentleman. He's got foreign policy. He's got experience on TV. He's got towers made of gold. His thoughts on Mexican shore are bold. They're rapists. Everything is gonna be classy in 2016 through 2024. The only one is China. President, and, and certainly, certainly I trust him to be the leader of the free world. Hi, guys. We're here with our friend Carrie Wade, who writes for Autostraddle. Say hi, Carrie. Hey. Hey. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you for coming. Um, why don't you give us, like, a little, I don't know, like a mini bio. Can you do that? Sure. Um, like a dating bio, except you're not, you're in a relationship, so this is, like, I your am. fake, your fake dating bio. Right. Um, to solicit all these platonic friends yeah. that I made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I am a staff writer at autostraddle.com, which is a cultural website aimed at queer women. And I've been working there for about 
most of this year, I started out as a contributor and then got bumped up to staff recently. Yeah, you did. Awesome, yeah. And I write a column there called Queering Disability, which focuses mm -hmm. on the intersection of queerness and disability issues. I have mm -hmm. cerebral palsy, so I'm not like an able-bodied person speaking out of turn and being which like, dope. here are all my opinions that don't matter. <laughs> um, so I do that. Um, and during the day, I am a librarian at a music school, which is a pretty adorable day oh, job. I love that is that. an adorable day job. It's good. Um, and that's really good. The site that she writes for is has amazing content for even even straight ladies or dudes or whoever. <laughs> you can find out about a it's lot of cool for stuff. Everyone. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. Queer it's content true. is for everyone, though. Um, so Steph already teased this, but you're in a relationship? Yes. Tell us about it. Um, it's great. How I'm, long have you guys been together? Uh, about four months, but we were friends for two years before mm. that. So it's really nice to be like, oh, it actually developed out of friendship. Because yeah. you almost never hear that anymore. Yeah. How did that happen? By magic? I don't know. <laughs> um, it was really, it's funny. I. I could sense that something was going on, and she could too, for like six months before probably, but she always had somebody else in the picture. And so I was like, oh, whatever, like we'll just be flirtatious friends and yeah. it's great. And you know, I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then I expressed a passing interest in another person and she was like, wait. Oh, that's you the serious? best! Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, this other girl's super cute. And she was like, what's happening? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> How did she say what's happening to you? Did she text you? Did she say it in person? Like It was over a text. It was very sweet. I still have all the messages. Obviously. What did she say? So we just talked about, you know, like what's going on between us because I sense that something's happening, but now there's this other person and I'm confused about that and whatever. And I said what I just told you of like, well, there's always been someone else for you. So I just what never really thought anything I about think, it. Yeah. But like clearly we're into each other and like, you know, let's give it a try. And ah! Yeah, it's been great. She's wonderful. That's so awesome. So, I love that. Both of us are like, yeah. <laughs> it's a very wholesome origin story. I love an origin story. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. It is to interesting how, and we've encountered this too, but some things that used to be like sacred offline only things, like early relationship conversations, kind of like that, or where you're trying to just suss something out, mm -hmm. now can happen via text in a way that does feel kind of natural and like, it's, it's part of the It's still just as nerve wracking though. Like, totally. it's awful. Totally. It's still just as awful as if you had had that conversation like sitting next to her on Absolutely. that couch. Like, yeah, it's not a cop out ooh, necessarily. No, no, it's just different. It's just like, and what's fascinating about it is like you're in completely separate spaces doing like completely separate things, having the same feelings, mm -hmm. which is like nervousness about whether or not I'm this other person up. likes yeah. it. Yeah, it was intense. And I mean, I'm a perfectionist and so that adds a completely other oh level to, I can decide how I'm going to word things very carefully, which in oh some God. ways is great and then in some ways is awful because you're looking at it and you're like, is this the right thing to say? Mm -hmm. Clearly it was, mm -hmm. so whatever. But it did play to some of my worst tendencies. Oh sure. my God, I bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, bet. I feel like for writers especially, which is something that Steph gets annoyed at in our relationship, but like sometimes I'm like, I have to say this via text or I won't know how to say it. And I'm like, you're not allowed. Sorry, yeah. pick up the phone and call me because that's what human beings do. You can't just like write it out and make it all perfect. Right. Like it has to be messy and real. No, I'm with you. I prefer in-person <laughs> conversations about serious things. 
Um, but this one just unfolded that way. That way. And yeah. it didn't bother me. But I think when I have to have like a sit down with someone about anything, especially if it's like a difficult conversation, I would much prefer to do it in person because then you can yeah, see someone's sure. face and read body yeah. language and all that. So it's important. No, when you're doing it because it's a cop out, that's when it's like the wrong time to use that. Just thinking of this guy that, mm. all right. <laughs> okay. The whole thing was a cop out, whatever. Ooh, the entire thing was over text, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, when you're doing it as a cop out, that's, and you know that instinctually, that's when you should not be yeah. using that. But when it's something that's like, oh, I'm not gonna see this person for two days, or like, this needs to be said now, or just whatever. Uh, yeah, I still think though, normal. like I, I do think that like if this needs to be said now, then like you could pick up the phone. Like if you're in the middle of doing something, and you're like, but this needs to be said. It's like, well, no, it doesn't. Then you're in the middle of something. So like, wait until that thing is over, and then pick up the phone and give it your full attention. Yeah, it's complicated. It's where we it's differ. Like, <laughs> it's but it's seeping into all of our lives, even yours, mm -hmm. in a way that like I don't know if we would have tolerated or expected totally. a few years back. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I told this this guy that I'm dating right now, I told him that I didn't want to date anyone else mm -hmm. over text because it was early in the morning and I was like, I don't think he's awake yet, but like, I'm just going to tell him right now. And like, and then the whole thing had to like sort of semi unfold over, over text. text. Yeah. And then I realized that was a really bad idea. So I was like, I'm going to, uh, let's talk later. Like, let's see each other face to face. Yeah. Cause... We've saved all the important relationship talks since the beginning for in person. In person. Beyond that. But. I was very glad that she brought it up yeah. because I'm very like, I'm going to make sure it's okay with you. Like, I'm not like a first mover. Do you, you don't think you would have ever like said like, hey, we should. I don't think so. <sighs> I'm so I, glad she brought it up yeah. too. Um, unless somebody is very clear with me, I kind of don't know whether they're flirting or not. Like I'm oh, wow. bad at reading those situations. So I was very glad that she mentioned it. Like a teenage boy. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, mm. and I, you know, it's very important to be respectful, and I don't yes, want to like overstep and you know cross somebody's boundaries or anything. So that's very great. Yeah. Um, so you guys have been dating for how long? Four months. Four months. Four months. Um, do you have any? So you still remember so da prior dating yeah. nightmares? You got any horror stories? Um, my first girlfriend in high school. Um, pretended to have terminal cancer to get Oh attention. my god, what? Is this a Laura Lee McDaniel book? Like what? Oh my god. Yep. Did she pretend with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was pretend because she's still alive, so I'm guessing that. Oh my god. I know. Yeah, it was, and that was like my first dip in the lady pond at like 17. Oh so my god. Thankfully, nothing has been that bad or really bad at all since then. I think it's mostly just been awkward. Yeah. Like that was like the only thing that was legit bad. But that's really bad. I mean it's pretty bad. Well those oh are just God. stunned like how did you like what how tipped did you come? off that you were like, this is fake. Um she kept having doctor's appointments that would get canceled last minute and I was like, if you have cancer why is no one taking this seriously yeah, on your yeah. behalf? <laughs> exactly. It was weird. It was a very strange situation. Um, but we were 17 and... She just needed a lot of like cuddling and coddling and like... Right. I hope that she has gotten the help that she needed in oh the my like God. 10 years that That's have passed. very generous of you. I would not be that generous. So. But I mean, most of the other like dating misadventures have come 
um, being a disabled person trying to date specifically. Yeah. I mean, what was interesting about that relationship in high school and most of the stuff that I did up through kind of the end of college was that I hadn't really had my feminist awakening around my disability yet. So I kind of took the party line of like, this is a non-issue, do not talk about it. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is that you ignore it altogether mm -hmm. and you act yeah. like we're the same, <laughs> you know, which is kind of what disabled people are pushed to do. Yeah. And like, especially in romantic relationships, there's this whole thing of, you need to find the person that'll see you and not your disability, as if those are not the same thing, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's fine if you think of your disability as a negative aspect so of yourself. But the minute that you start thinking about it as an identity and a positive thing, it's like, hey, I'm gonna ignore this fundamental aspect of who you are, and then yeah. we can date, like, right. you know? Yeah, it's like, wild. it's a little like race. A little. Yeah. It's like, like, right. I mean, it I, actually is a part of who I am, so if you choose to ignore it, or like don't wanna engage in any parts of it, like cultural parts of it that like feel really important to me, then you're ignoring like a whole side of me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously as a white person, I wouldn't know that firsthand, and so I hesitate to make that you know, comparison mm. a lot, because I think white people going around being like, I experience oppression too, is a huge problem. <laughs> but, but in another way, yeah. you know, like. I think there are some similar forces at work for sure. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not love or acceptance, that's actually erasure and that's not cute. Ooh, you know? I love that. It's bad. So that happened, like especially. Not a good look. Right, exactly. Erasure is not a good look. Yeah. And you know, especially trying to date online, which is kind of the go-to, especially if you're queer, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like a queer woman. It's you like, used apps? Yeah, OkCupid mostly. Uh -huh. um, and I did date someone for a year that I met off of there. But again, Ooh. like the disability almost never came up in that relationship um, just because I wasn't ready, you know, to, I, to like make it a thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then like once it became a thing in my life, you know, once I like started writing about it on the internet and like talking about it more both in public and private, I kind of had a hard time reconciling how do I make that public thing a part of my relationships. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, because a lot of people are just not not chill talking about disability issues in yeah. particular. Because yeah. seeing a disabled person out in public is rare enough. And then like having to look at us in a romantic way, you know, that can be difficult for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah. And so I still kind of had some like embarrassment around like, I really hope that you're not like put off by this. I'm oh, gonna make it like more palatable for you, and, you know, whatever. And then like, I went through a very long period of sort of intentionally, sort of just whatever, of being single and like getting my identity together. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, this is actually great. And then like a friend came along who had like seen me through all of that and was like, I think this is really wonderful and like, very attractive and like it's not a coincidence that I'm with that person. Yeah. You know, like somebody who was able to watch me through this evolution and like respect that and respect that this is a big part of my life instead mm -hmm. of having to like sit a stranger from the internet down mm -hmm. and be like, here's what's going on here. Right. You know? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. You guys Ooh. sound super cute. It's great. Your Halloween costume sounds super cute too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We are going to be Eleanor and FDR. 
That's so cute. Yeah, I'm obviously FDR in this. I, I really wish you were entering some kind of contest because you guys would win. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. We're debuting it tonight, actually. Are you? Yeah. First, oh first God, party first tonight. Party. Yeah. Yes. Please All the pics. All the pics. Absolutely. I got some like re-elect Roosevelt com uh, campaign pins. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. This is going to be so good. It's going to be great. Amazing. And the perfect segue because a big part of why we wanted to have you on is uh, this election is like so important it hurts yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean especially like he's just we're talking about Donald Trump um, he's just <laughs> he we're talking about Voldemort <laughs> Voldemort that's a really good yeah it's like if Ugh. you're anything other than like a rich straight white man he's He's probably not your guy, uh, and even if you are a rich straight white, man, no, totally, <laughs> he's like not a straight, your guy. With rich not. straight white guy who only cares about himself, then he's probably not your guy. But like, can you, uh, just from any of those like perspectives that are part of your identity, kind of speak to like how this, what this, watching the news this cycle has been like, and like, oh, atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I think anybody that is not that, right, has a very difficult time. I think it helps that I am very secure in all of those things that I am, and it also helps that I could not have a better support system, like all my friends and my uh -huh. family and my girlfriend, like everybody mm. is super solid on all of those things and will like never tell me that I'm talking too much about X, Y, and Z thing or right. like, get uncomfortable. So I think to have that to fall back on and be like, when I'm enraged about <laughs> various things to right. be able to kind of like let it out. And my therapist, shout out to therapy, it's very important. Yes, Dr. Donna, mm -hmm. holler. There you go. <laughs> um, but my therapist was actually like, you're lucky you got in when you did, because with the election, like I'm getting way more requests for <laughs> patients. And I was like, that's not God. a surprise. Um, but yeah, it's been exhausting. But on the other side of the aisle, it has actually been very uplifting, particularly from a disability perspective, yeah. because Hillary Clinton is one of the only candidates in recent history history to make a legitimate push for the disabled vote in particular. Oh. Um, I mean, disabled people are almost 20% of the American population, which is a lot of people. And yeah. our voting power is completely discounted, largely because we've been um, kept out of the workforce in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And she has actually made disability an economic issue in her platform. Like a few weeks ago, she gave a speech in Orlando that was all about creating a more inclusive economy. And it was really interesting because she kind of connected ableism to all the other isms, like racism and sexism and classism oh. and stuff. And so it was a very intersectional speech. Obviously, she kind of had to do it in like a spoonful of sugar kind of way, but sure. if you've like, been to liberal arts school and like read feminist articles on the internet, you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, I see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And, but disabled people were the crux of this speech. And obviously it wasn't perfect. Like there are certain things that all politicians do where it's like, let me tell you about the disabled people I know and how they inspired me to be a better leader. Uh -huh, you know, and uh -huh. like, that's not our fucking job either. But like, it was really awesome for her to be like, here's my plan for making disabled people more included in the American economy. And I think that's like your central issue. That's amazing. Right, which I agree with. I think that economic exclusion is a massive 
issue for disabled folks. Like there's something called sheltered wages. This is particularly for folks with developmental disabilities, but not necessarily um, in cognitive disabilities where you can work for a sub-minimum wage and it's not illegal. Oh, and that's what? something that she is going to do away with entirely. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, she's, that's insane. It is. I mean, she talks a lot about accessibility in higher education, like making the necessary technology available to disabled students and just creating more jobs that take advantage of people's skills. And like, it was really heartening for me, even though, you know, I am in kind of the, the straight workforce, I guess, like I've been able, I'm like the perfect diversity hire, you know, cause it's like enough to count, but not enough to inconvenience mm -hmm. you in any way. Oh my God. And we all know how people love that. So. Oh my God, Carrie, that's so good. It's real. <laughs> so good. So, you know, for me, it's not, it's never been an issue, but that's mostly a privilege thing. And mm -hmm. so it was not like, oh, this is gonna change my life. But the fact that she is bringing disability issues to the fore and being like, this is a cornerstone in my campaign. She employs disabled people on her staff. She like brings us up in speeches and it's not just lip service. You know, healthcare is a huge issue for disabled folks, obviously, and without Obamacare, most of us would be totally screwed. So it's just really nice to see a candidate care mm -hmm. about this thing that it's like, oh yeah, like. You know, most people, most candidates, if they talk about it at all, they just tack it on at the very end and be like, and yeah. disabled people. And everybody <laughs> acts like, because the Americans with Disabilities Act is real, that we're like done. You know, that it's uh -huh. like, oh, it's fine. Like, you people have all your things now, right? Like, please leave us alone. And so she's oh like. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, this is kind of relevant to your guys' interests. Like the whole economic inclusion thing is also a relationship issue, right? Yeah. So like if you can't be financially independent as a disabled person, if you're in a relationship, that puts a lot of stress on your partner, especially if your partner is able-bodied, like my girlfriend mm -hmm. is, right? There can be all these like weird expectations of like, are they taking care of you? Mm -hmm. And like, do they provide for you? And like, Oy. what sorts of things are you able to provide? And like, you know, it can really, put a lot of stress on the relationship to have those conversations and have to do that. Yeah. And like, it's just frustrating to not be able to be an independent person. Yeah. So I think it's great that she's doing that. And I'm obviously all in on the Clinton train, so. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, heard it here. Mm -hmm. um, so you write an amazing, every two weeks your column comes out? Yeah. Um, what's the title again? Queer? Queer Disability. Yeah, love yeah. it. Um, and watch Carrie on, or watch, listen to Carrie on Bad With Money. That was such a fantastic episode. Oh yeah, Gabby Dunn's uh, new podcast, um, your episode was really great. Thank you. I loved it. Yeah. Gabby's really great. So. Gabby's great. Gabby is She's awesome. fantastic. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Um, Besides no. Hillary Clinton? Right. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Guys. Please vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, no, I mean, at, you know, I guess Autostraddle in general is like a really great resource for yeah. intersectional feminist stuff if you're trying to like get up to speed on those issues. Um, it is a very, you know, there are all sorts of different varieties of pieces to like, you know, you can like get engaged via the personal mm -hmm. essays and then like move up to our more like political mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, there are lots of reading lists and lots of things. And, yeah, it's great. You know, everything's like constantly linked to like other cool stuff you can read. Yeah. So it's not just garbage on the internet, kids. No. Like some of it's like actually really cool stuff. 
and support independent queer media because it's really great and it has no money and it needs you. Yeah. So. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Katie. Yeah, that was of really course. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Please. Bye, guys. See you in a minute. Hey guys, it's Stephanie Beatriz. Guess what? I'm a cartoon. Check out Wizard on Jash.com, written by the amazing Aniz Ansari and starring me and Maria Bamford. It's cute. <laughs> Foolish wizard. When the sands in this dark hourglass run out, its power will be mine. <laughs> Sorry, I should take this. It's my roommate. It, it could be an emergency. What? Come on. Hey, Elizabeth, is everything okay? No, Margaret, everything is not okay. Oh my god, what's wrong? I can't find the remote, I can't find the remote. Dude, I told you not to bother me at work unless it's an emergency. This is beyond emergency, Margaret. This is the season finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Drag Race and it starts in five minutes. Monster queens driving monster trucks. Who's gonna end up on top and who's gonna be a bottom forever? Help! This is so unprofessional! Definitely not an emergency. Can I call you back? I'm kind of busy. Margaret! Hey guys. Hi. Hi, we're here with our special friend, Andrew T. What's up? Hi, Andrew. Hi, how's That's it going? That's your camera over there, we forgot to tell you. What's up? <laughs> we were just, just talking about Andrew's cool shirt right before. Yep. And his cool podcast. Yeah. Yo, is this racist? That's a good inflection. Right? Yo, is this racist? <laughs> is this racist? I've been trying actually. I've seen so many different ways. I've been trying a new thing every episode where I I put a different inflection on it just to, you know, get a little acting in there. I like it. So I'm just, oh my you know, god, you're real of just yo. yo yeah. Is this, is racist? this racist? It's really it's it's the dumbest yo. thing. I'm just like uh, Is this racist? I just want to change it up for people. That's great. I'm trying to make I'm trying to really give fun. them something something to look forward to because some... the, the rest of the podcast is super depressing. <laughs> yeah, right. How did it start? Uh the real genesis of it is I was working at my uh desk job where I was the only, not only only, but the only like non-white person most people saw. Mm -hmm. And so I became sort of the, like even if it wasn't explicit, just anything, any anytime anything kind of racial came up, there'd be like a little like, Angie cool? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> oh I don't God. fucking know most of the time. And yes, the fact that you did even that like 10 degrees eye to the right mm -hmm. means you know it's racist mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. So that was the premise of the uh, blog first. And I did the blog for like almost a year and then started doing the podcast. Um, is the... Is is the answer always that it's racist if the question yeah. comes yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's the way I put it is you wouldn't ask some fucking stranger on the internet if you didn't already know the answer was yes. Real talk. Yeah, you're only, and my favorite people who call into the podcast, so it's a call in, uh, like call into voicemail and then I play voicemail mm -hmm. and then guests that I answered the questions are people who like clearly are in the middle of an argument and like for some reason think I'm just like waiting at the end of the phone, like hi. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here to answer your questions. So it's like people who are audibly mad and are just like, okay, but if you say this, that's racist, right? And like, guys, if you're that mad, just, you have the power. You can just tell your take friend they're racist. Yeah. yeah, just take Either a Either chill out or go all the way up, 
but you don't need you don't need me. <laughs> but then there's the there there's that tricky like in between part where you're like, am I friends with someone who yes. has racist ideas? And yeah. now I'm seeing it for the first time, which yeah. is a lot where a lot of that anger comes from. It's like self. Yeah, it's, it's like, like shit. I, I've been I friends got all I fuck. Yeah. yeah, you got fooled. Yeah, you got yeah. fooled. I, Do you ever encounter though, like, I mean, I think that there's a certain like we're in a very like. PC climate, which I think is great in a lot of ways, but don't you, do you ever get questions from people who are just like going too, too far, like too scared about the sensitivity, or like? Uh, so the answer to that is yes, but mm -hmm. I feel like it's still racist. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: it's like usually I like I understand the idea that people get too mad about stuff. You know, for so for instance, sure. as People can't always tell, certainly can't tell on the blog where they usually, if they don't know me, assume I'm black. Uh, and then if they listen to the podcast, maybe they assume I'm white. And then now in a visual medium, for all the people who are watching this, they can see that I'm Asian. Um, so that is just one small roller coaster. But there's a thing with like a lot of like Asian American stuff where you're like, look, this is not good. It's not you know, getting shot by police bad, and not that it's like a fucking race to the bottom or whatever, mm -hmm. right. but there is a little bit of a time when, and maybe this is also some of my own issues, where I'm like, okay, that is racist. Most people aren't like that hurt by it, mm -hmm. but like, I just wanna say it's racist. Yeah, you know, I agree like, with that, sure. 100%. You know, it's not like, you have to, it's not like, you know, the person that perpetrated it is like got a KKK hood on right, or whatever, right. or it's like but it's a like, bad person. That felt kind of, that felt yeah. racist and now I have that feeling and yeah. I can feel it and I'm living with that feeling and you've just said your racist little bomb and dropped it and gone yeah. about your day and like. Yeah, yeah, and right, and it's gone for them. It's gone for you because it you didn't hurt you. It. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't have any effect on you whatsoever. It was right. just something that tumbled out of your mouth. Right. And the. That, that I think is why people get so like, well, why is that racist? Because now you, now, yeah, now you, you have to deal, now with, you have to deal yeah. with the shitty feelings that yeah. I'm over here that I've been dealing with my whole life. You've yep. got to deal with some of them now. Yeah, but, but that's why I think your podcast is so awesome and dealing with it in kind of like a light, humorous way is great because I don't think it's always like people being, uh, often I don't think it's people being intentionally like, uh, like malicious. Malicious yeah, right. with like, the viewpoints. Like yeah. I'm from a small town in Minnesota and like yeah. there are like, per I'm not gonna say like perfectly nice people in a lot of ways. Yeah, they yeah. just haven't had of a course. lot of exposure. And like just have, to me like cr having the dialogue about it is like the first step right. to yeah. like any sort of forward motion. But it is yeah. about dialogue because like there's no dialogue if, if someone says, well, that's not racist. I mean, I, I didn't mean anything no. racist by saying that. That's yeah. not a dialogue. A dialogue is when someone's like, oh, shit, oh, why? Yeah, can you I explain don't... to me, like, what, I, yeah, yeah, what yeah. I said that hurt you and, like, how I can, how I can modify that I behavior think in the future? a human response is, no, of course, but is, like, but that's not what I meant yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. But, like, yeah, the, I think it's, anyway. That's what I, I've said on the podcast many times, which is that, like, the measure of like who you are isn't whether you fuck up. Mm -hmm. It's how mad you get when someone says, hey, maybe you fucked up. Oh, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? love that. Because like people fuck up all the time. That's yes. so beautiful. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just especially so, and especially on my podcast, like a big thing, and uh, I haven't seen and heard all of your podcasts, but I imagine this comes up, which is like the, the, the ways that like feminism and 
race like clash and don't clash and like so like i mean this is like kind of like the most d minus level part of this argument or type of argument but like last year when straight out of compton came out there was like this thing where it was like very like yeah it's really political and like it's an important black movie or important movie for people of color but then it really whitewashes or whatever washes cleans yeah. sanitizes uh you know like how shitty those guys were to women mm -hmm. right and then there's a thing where all of a sudden you're like can you support black people and not hate women basically like and so there's there's that comes up on the podcast a lot and so that's like a blind spot for me where i'm like yeah i constantly say shit where i'm like do i just feel this way because like i don't understand how women feel which is oh, like interesting. very possible that's so interesting like, and i think there's that same like dichotom dichotomous tendency with um, sometimes race and like LGBT stuff where it's like some sometimes yeah. there's like cultural stuff that's like not supportive of you know yeah, of course, different yeah. sexuality and stuff and it it's yeah it's just it can be so no, complicated. I, know, my, I mean it took my parents a really long time to sort of be like yeah, gay marriage seems like a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it mm -hmm. seems like a good thing. I'm like too scared to even ask my parents. I'm positive they're not cool. <laughs> like yeah. my parents are pretty terrible. That's right, you're terrible people, Mom. Hey, <laughs> my mom voted for Bush twice. I think my mom maybe secretly finally voted for Obama, but like didn't tell my dad. I think, oh. I think that's where they're at. My mom turned the page with Obama. She yeah. was like, and then I was, I've just felt so bad. Yeah, listen. Like, oh. This is, that's Good. how we do. <laughs> so, but this, uh, I mean, let's take it in the election direction. Yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Trump has had like some notable racial gaffes. Yeah. Do you have that's a favorite? Gaff? Oh, gaff? Is it a gaff? Because what what is the definition of a gaffe? Yeah, is yeah, that it, is that too it's light? It's actually just him coming out and like being himself yeah. in front of us all. I guess yeah. blacks, I mean, maybe this is just because it's the most recent one, but blacks for Trump, just generally. The, so I think last week, uh, or a couple I don't days even ago, know. Do I, I know about like this? I just did like one eye flutter because I, I was like, so there's like, there's like, there's like a, uh, I mean, it's mostly white people. Mm -hmm. And oh, the, uh, specifically um, yesterday when we're sent, you know, when we're recording this, um, there was just a picture of a, like a white lady holding a blacks for Trump sign behind him. But it's like, the thing is, he's like this like really amazing like seven layer dip of racism because it's like, okay, it's offensive that it's a white woman. It's crazy that you don't have any black people really like supporting you. <laughs> but also blacks for Trump is insane. What is that? That is like if you saw blacks for Clinton, it would be a problem. What is that? I like don't know. what even is that? Who even uh Well the argument is that he doesn't even have a token anyone on his staff what to be like, hey, hey, oh hey. yeah. Seems like a bad idea, I Trump. Think, I don't think Omarosa is like Hey Donald. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh my God! You know what not, might not play as well with the blacks is <laughs> blacks for Trump. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. So here's the thing. I feel like with the election stuff is. I mean, I, part of me is like, like everyone's like, well, you got to understand these people. So I grew up in Michigan, mm -hmm. which is like I grew up around people who for sure support Donald Trump. I'm yeah, sure yeah. lots, and it's just like, yeah, but also maybe they're just racist. Like, maybe. yeah, they're like, it's okay. That That is what, 
my goal in life has become somehow, which is like, like, hey, it's not so bad to call and be called racist. And really, as I said, like, it's just like, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Once like that dynamic do you wanna, happens. Do you want to be racist? Yeah, because you have a choice. Is that something that you want? I, I feel like especially in the, like, where I'm from in Minnesota, my mm -hmm. mom said that most of the, and my parents are not, I would just like to say they're not Trump supporters, but <laughs> um, she said most of the signage that's out right now is in support of Trump, which is like, Oof. yeah, so like that's insane. And like I, yeah, I we all just got like, ooh, we well, all but just so took a turn. it's like even if you don't know, like there is like there are not that many minorities in my hometown, mm -hmm. but. Do you have a TV? Like, can you not on some, like, just right, like... But even that is, like, it's separate. It's, like, it separates you enough so that, like, you can watch someone for entertainment value, mm -hmm. but you don't have to talk to them, you don't have to see them, you don't have to sit next to them, you don't have to engage with them on a personal level. And that separation, that distance, allows for a sort of... You don't, you don't personify, the person is not real to you. They're not a real human to you. They're a form of entertainment. Yeah. They're a, they're a sort of they're an derivative. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're a derivative of a human. They're not a human. You understand? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's but that's really why weird, like... but that's actually how a lot of people watch TV, like, and engage with art and, and in the world. Like, we're not, I mean, I like, I get it all the time. Like, I'm not, to a lot of fans, like, they don't like this version of me. They're like, why aren't you Rosa? Because they've decided that that's who I am in the world, and me being an actual human and having thoughts, opinions, is not, they don't want that. They just want me to be this object. Can I, can I ask a question, actually? Yeah. Um, because I, I... Always, always. <laughs> I always wonder, actually, people who play cops on TV. Yeah. Um, like, do you, or, or just general, like, cop, I mean, I, I heard this from, like, the people who did Reno 911 also, which is just, like, you would be surprised at the number of, like, kind of right-wingy people who, like, really love the show or, like, how much cops love the show. Mm -hmm. And then when they find out who you really are, just statistically, if you're an actor in Hollywood, you're probably going to be a little left of center. Right. Like, they get upset by that. Like, they can't, even, like, um, like American Sniper, like, people yeah. who are, like, mad at Bradley Cooper, it's, like, Hey, he's not really, he's not really a guy. racist sniper, you guys. Right. Like, he works in Hollywood. He's, like, actually playing a part. You know, like, I, I have, like, a sort of, uh, I'm a little bit lucky that way because our show is so... Because it's very diverse. So it's it very diverse. Yeah. It's very, like, I mean, Jake Peralta's character in the first season, like, punched out a guy who was being homophobic. Like, right, right. just punched, straight up punched him in the face. Like, uh... Andy's such a feminist and it like bleeds into There's like every aspect of, of the show. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think yeah. after like if you've been watching for like at least a season and you are feeling sort of if you yeah, sway yeah. to the right, you're probably like, click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I'll wait till later on Fox. Doesn't, thank doesn't you. happen too much. But it does happen sometimes on Twitter. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. people are like, uh no. It's just like really fascinating to me. It, it is fascinating like, to yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Okay. I guess that's, well, right. No one, people can always have a tough time with like public and private or real right. personas. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we all live in LA, so it's like, it's, we understand what it is, but like, I'll, I, I didn't know anything about how television was made until I really, I got into high school. Like when I was oh, in yeah, junior yeah. high and the beginning of high school, like it just all seemed like a magical land, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'm dating this guy that people was. People say their Yeah, they say their stuff. And then they're like, it's a TV show. Yeah. Cool. I'm dating this guy who was telling me that, like, he was, he was like, oh, yeah, I, 
I wanted to go do pilot season when I was in high school, but my high school wouldn't like let me go. Um, they wouldn't let, let me transfer credits. I was like, I didn't even know what pilot season was until yeah. I moved to L.A., That's basically. Like, L.A. people with their, like, people grew up here that just know everything about the business yeah. from childhood. It's really no, crazy. You have, you, and you have no idea about how, like, the, forget about how the show's made, but just about how business is done and whatever. What's That's pilot like, season? Yeah. yeah. What's pilot season? Are we pilots? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> So okay, I want to talk about one. I have a really, I want to touch on this before we have to wrap up. But yeah, like, yeah. so in the dating world, mm-hmm. I have experienced mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. what I have dubbed eroticizing the other, which is mm. when someone is like interested in dating me. Just because. Just because yeah. I'm Latina. Like the other stuff is great, but like tell, speak in Spanish to me more and shit like that. Oh. Like, you're talking about the stereotypes of like The stereotypes of like, and, like, like uh, I remember dating this one guy that would like, in the very beginning, he would like kind of actively pick fights with me, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "I just want to see you get spicy fired. and fiery." Oh and I was God. like, "What the fuck is happening?" Okay. Have you experienced that in your well, dating life? So, again, not a, you people aren't used to seeing me. Maybe <laughs> Asian dudes have a very different stereotype, which is like, um, you know, kind of, kind of sexless, kind of like Ugh. smart, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So. People generally look at Asian men as, loosely speaking, like more relationshipy kind of thing. Uh-huh. So that's why, especially like in the digital age, it's like the worst. Like all of, not all, but a lot of my like <sighs> friends who are Asian dudes are like, it's just not worth it going on an app because like the oh, first impression is way worse than who they are. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, very, very loosely. Oh, that makes my stomach hurt. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Because it's like, it's like the reputation. I mean, look, the, the, the example that always gets, um, and it's a bit of a dated example, but it's the one that I was think of, too. It's like, at the end of Romeo Must Die, uh, from the 90s, uh, <laughs> Jet, Lee, Jet Li and Aaliyah, uh, Jet Li has rescued Aaliyah many times, and she's been a badass, too, but like, they have a moment where in any other fucking combination of races, they would make out or sleep together. And they kind of give like a handshake hug kind of deal and like, we out. No! That's, that's like the movie that like defined my high school. I was like, right. Okay. <laughs> oh my like, God. This is, who I, this is who I'm gonna be seen as. So it's like, it's not like, and, and I don't want to make it sound like a sob story because it's, it's not. It's fine, just... but it, it is like there's a hump. There's oh, like a thing. Oh, it's horrifying. That's what it where is. Where you're like, it's like we have to. Fuck, fuck. Well, so this is which is the other thing that has happened, which is that like now we're into the age of there are Asian male sex symbols, mm-hmm. like just. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, what's his name from Lost and Y Five O. Oh yeah, yummy. The girl who lives across from me at my apartment building her Asian boyfriend is so it's fire. Yeah. Smoking hot. Well so that's He's an LA my thing. Asian sex when, you, when you grow up in Michigan, <laughs> you're like, fuck, I'm fucked. And then you start to get this thing where you're like, you know, fucking society doesn't like sexualize Asian men and like fuck all of them. And then you get this weird chip on your shoulder. And then if you're me, you move to LA where there are tons of like super like yeah. sexualized Asian dudes and I'm like Oh, maybe it was just my personality, and like, like maybe just I'm just a bad person. Maybe I'm just a bad person. No, I'm willing no. to take that, consider that possibility. <laughs> or Anyways. just like 
internalizing like the culture that you were brought up in or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so did not like, know that about Romeo Must Die. That makes me want to punch through a wall. I, I would say, I mean, like, uh, what's his, John Cho is probably uh, mm -hmm. the first person in a long time, I'm sure it's happened, film historians don't write into the comments. <laughs> but, like, is probably the first Asian, like, Asian-American actor to, like, have a romantic entanglement with a non-Asian person. Oh my God, like, we have so far to go. Yeah, so, so far, far to go, go, but it's starting, yeah? Yeah, that's, so that's what I'm saying. The it's positive like... thing, Steph, is that it's like <laughs> starting. And I, no, but can I say one of the beautiful things I think about people creating more of their own content and like mm -hmm. their like uh, financial negatives to that and like whatever, it's a complicated issue. Yeah. But one of the things is, people make shows now that represent yeah. like all kinds the, of the kind all yeah. kinds of people yeah. and the kinds of people that they No, it's real. Want. It's just, you know, you still go into the arc light and there's like five posters, yeah, movie no, posters and they're all It's brrr, still fucked up. I'm just saying for the record, it's still <laughs> fucked up, but there's more of like a voice to yeah. these other options that like maybe yeah. You know, if you weren't searching for before, you weren't finding, especially if yeah, you lived yeah. in fucking Michigan or right. Minnesota yeah. or... We should just rename Thanks, those Internet. states motherfucking Michigan, motherfucking Minnesota. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's bleak. <laughs> okay, so you, you can catch your states. Uh, Andrew and his awesome podcast on Earwolf. Correct. Uh, yo, is this racist? Um... Which the answer is yes, but send him your question. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> if if we took it seriously, every episode would be like 18 seconds long. And it'd be like, here's the question. Yes, I'm a little ashamed of you for even asking. Okay, Thank goodbye. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. So you got to draw it out a little bit. A little bit. Um, one final thing before we we go. Do you have any like a last minute plea for any like this is gonna come out uh, on Tuesday, oh. election day. Any. Oh. Final, please. See you really your minority brethren for how to vote. No, maybe? this is for white people only. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I think. I mean, I really think. Like, honestly, everyone really should vote. And like, it, the fact that like, you know, for all our complaints about like money or like the system is rigged and all this shit, it's like just vote and you would be surprised at the power that actually has. Like, the thing is like, all the money in the world doesn't mean anything if the ads don't mean anything to you if you learn about like what you can really do and just vote for anyone. Also, if you're living Not in- Not anyone. Well, I think, I honestly, if every single person in the United States who was eligible to vote voted, uh, things would work out okay for us. I agree. If you know what we're saying. So you know what? Yeah. But also, if you're living in the Los Angeles area, there are some truly hilarious propositions. So get get on that shit. It's really amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being here. That was awesome. It was so fun. Thanks for having hey, me. Great. Bye. Hey guys. Join us next Tuesday. Hey, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. There's going to be new episodes every Tuesday. And subscribe on iTunes, follow us on all the socials. We're at Reality Bites Pod, Bites with a Y, always. And email us your questions at realitybitespod at gmail.com. See ya! Bye!